Hello and welcome to the very last episode in this section of Flowing Backwards. Um, it's been a good podcast by me, Phil Peak, and the man up in the hills with the bad knees and the good brain. Has he got a good brain? I don't know. Ian Four Candles Moss. So, with no further ado, it's over to him. Uh, hello, welcome to the recent past. This is going to be the final episode of this chapter of Flowing Backwards. There will be more. We have plans that I will reveal to you uh, later. But today I am recording uh, in my front room in Mosley and broadcasting myself via WhatsApp to Phil's Hole in darkest stop war. So this is the recent past. It's going to be uh, about just sort of pre-lockdown and what's happened uh, since of, of artistic note, I suppose. First of all, I'm going to read you um, a lyric I wrote this week, uh, and I'm indebted to um, Mike Kerins, who gifted me a fantastic book which spurred me into writing this. Mike, I know, listens to these podcasts and he will get where I'm coming from. So this is called Retro Future. As they perform an anachronism, I detect on first listen the period that they ate, one from which I escaped. So retro is now contemporary. It's no longer necessary to aspire to do something new or even have a point of view. We're in a retro future, a retro future. Formal nostalgia. We are in its grip. It's an unhealthy relationship. As borrowers proceed with caution, listeners listen to the exhaustion. Listeners listen and hear the fear. Listeners listen to no new ideas. The hand of the clock travel back. Inside an echo we are trapped. We're in a retro future, a retro future. How this does not feel like anything modern. Here the culture lies. This does not feel like anything modern. I see the past rerun before my eyes. We're in a retro future, a retro future. We're in a retro future right now. There you go. Uh, I hope you enjoyed that. I, I, I tried to put some um, energy into it. Anyway, uh, where were we? Yes, the recent past. So at the turn of the year, just before the turn of the year, as um, many of you will remember, we had a general election and unbelievably um, the Conservative Party won it again. It was widely predicted. It wasn't unexpected or anything that, but it's still very difficult to ascertain why people would trust a man who hides in a fridge rather than ask a question. Uh, and so in the build-up to the election, um, I played at a, um, a gig organised by my friend Julia, who borrowed the um, Manchester Meltdown title to put on a day's performance. And uh, the, 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 she'd asked four candles to play, and we couldn't. 
um, we weren't all available. And so um, I put together a, uh, a, a band of, of people who didn't know each other, which I found interesting, some young people and some older people, called Pile Driver. And um, we played an improvised, um, I think about 25-minute piece called um, Get Off Your Arse and Kick Out the Tories. Um, it, that didn't come to pass, but it was usually cathartic for me. And it was fantastic to, um, to put myself on the spot and improvised. It was absolutely thrilling to not know where things were going to go and not know what I was going to say. So a few weeks later, into the new year, uh, I did it again with a different group of people uh, who I called the Inflated Tear. And um, this time I used um, John from Four Candles, who, um, who I was pleased um, came, and, came and improvised because it's not something that he would naturally veer toward. And, uh, and, and I think he was pleasantly surprised that he quite enjoyed it. Matt and Susan, who are factory acts, um, were involved. Ding should have been involved. I was uh, collecting bass players, as you can tell. Uh, Ding was going to be the third bass player of the night, but unfortunately he had to go to Halifax to retrieve a broken down van. And on the electric guitar, I had the wizard that is Johan Kluse. Um, and we did a, a piece called The Sadness After Sex. And that was great. It was really, really good. Again, dead exciting. I must do more. I've, I've taken this approach into some of my recording this year, um, which has been interesting and, and, and sometimes successful. It's great being on the knife edge, you know, between success and failure. It's a real challenge. It's really good. I was very, very so thankful to the people who, who came and played with me, and, and not all of them were comfortable in uh, doing that kind of thing. But I think everybody sort of got off on it in the end and, um, and had a good time. And if anybody wants to see it, uh, I know both of those performances are on uh, on YouTube. Um, I think my life is on YouTube these days. Uh, it was it was really good. Um, so that was just sort of pre-lockdown. The next the next thing that I planned was a um, a Manchester meltdown, a two-day Manchester meltdown over a weekend, um, and I'd got um, good good bills, good strong bills uh, to play on the Friday uh, that featured um, Four Candles uh, and Adventures of Salvador and um, King of the Slums were due to appear, who, who I'd really liked a lot in their first incarnation in uh, the 80s and 90s. And then on the Saturday, I'd got a fantastic lineup and... Um, it was going to be headed by the Cravats, who, who I adore. Um, I really think the Cravats are great. Um, it's, it's nice because my friend Joe is uh, the bass player in the Cravats, and, uh, and so I'm able to sort of go, go through Joe, and, and, and he communicates uh, to the Shend what I want to do. And, uh, and so the Cravats were going to come to Manchester and play with a, with a great... We had a great, great lineup, and then 
came lockdown. <laughs> and it didn't happen. Also at the same time, and, and I've, I've, I've mentioned this, um, Max, who's the drummer in um, Matthew Hopkins, with my friends Julia and Anne, who's Anne's son, the 19-year-old, Max and I talked about doing some music together. So Max recruited his friend, also called Max, um, and we put a band together called The English Disease. They're both 19 and I'm 63. Um, so it was, it was interesting. I was like a sort of vampire feeding on their energy, sucking the musical blood out of them, while in, in turn they got um, the wisdom of, of my experience, uh, for what that's worth. Anyway, we did some great, we were on fire, we were writing great songs, we only rehearsed for about six weeks, and we'd got a set of songs together, and people really liked it. Um, my friend Paul came down and filmed us, thankfully, so there, there is a record of the band on YouTube, where my life is on YouTube. Yes, Paul Forshaw, fabulous, fabulous guy. Paul came and filmed us. And we'd got, um, I think, about eight gigs offered. You know, you, you can tell right at the start when there's a buzz about something. And, and we were due to play our first gig in, uh, in Sheffield, at Haunt in Sheffield, which used to be uh, the audacious art experiment. And uh, the day before we were going to go to Sheffield, that was called off because of the coronavirus outbreak. So everything was collapsing around me like a pack of cards. It was very, very sad, but it had to be done. So um, at this point, I'm going to play you something by uh, Unseasonal Beast, which I've told you is, is essentially uh, Ding and I with guests, all sorts of guests, people from Cabbage played with us, uh, the drummer out of The Mission, the guitar player out of Black Grape, um, Susan from Factory Acts, uh, Tamsin who's in Ill and Lines and records all sorts of stuff on herself, by herself rather, you know, uh, it was it was really, really good. Uh, and I loved working with Ding. And so I'm going to play you a track by Unseasonal Beasts. Uh, this is Jodrowski. <laughs> I never was accepted, cause I was European, European. 
Down um, with time on my hands, um, I didn't want to become lethargic 
and so I got on with with things. I'd had a book published. I've told you about the book. I'd had a book published in um, November the previous year called uh, "100 Unhip Albums That We Should Learn to Love," and um, I don't. I don't. I'd written it as a challenge to myself to see if I could write a book. Um, very gratifyingly, people liked it. I'd had a great launch party with with Nick Alexandra uh, of the Pier Hat, provided the, the venue for me and learned some songs and played those. And Emily Oldfield, uh, fabulous poet and uh, speaker and writer and person, uh, interviewed me live and... And, and so this book came out, and it took on a life of its own. It it uh, it, it actually very very strangely, um, it, it it got picked up by Amazon. Noticed that it was selling very well it was through through their uh, their website, and so they approached my publishers and asked if they could do a promotion on on the book. And my publishers said yes. So Amazon did a promotion on the book. And uh, it ended up by by November just gone. It might have sold many more now. Might have stopped selling completely. But um, it went to number one on the Amazon book charts and uh, sold thousands and thousands of uh, copies, which which was seemed very strange. Anyway, anyway, uh, I busied myself with writing uh, another book because. Um, I was in a position of strength. My publisher uh, wanted another book, and and so uh, I wrote another book uh, that's called has been published in the meantime. That's called Crovy Goober, which is Nadsat Clockwork Orange speak for Bloody Mouth, um, and it's a um, collection of my lyrics over forty years um, with asides and recollections and uh, um, pieces by other people who I have collided with and collaborated with over these decades and uh, and that has been published no idea how it's selling you know it's obviously a, a more niche uh, piece of work than uh, than the 100 on hip albums so so I wrote that and it's been uh, in lockdown and it's all uh, it's gone through all the process, and that was published around five or six weeks ago. So, so I'm I'm now an author of two books. I'm also um, writing a third book, a a, a huge tome, um, which I think is good. And that's I, I wouldn't say that unless I really thought it was. Um, and it, it's going to be called um, the original soundtrack. My 1,000 favourite singles of the 1970s, and I've written about all these these records. Um, strangely, I counted them all, and out of 1,000 singles that I write about, I owned, which means I bought, because I've never been in a position where you know record companies have sent me records or things like that. I bought um, well over 900 of the 1,000. Singles that I write about, um, which uh, I say, I think that's sort of nice. You know, it gives uh, some authenticity. It shows that uh, I've sort of um, 
bonded with this music that I'm not pretending. So I've written this book about that, um, and I'm getting towards the back end of that. It needs to be proofread. Uh, Mark Riley, uh, my friend who used to be in the fall years ago and now he's on the wireless, is uh, going to write the foreword for that. So I look forward to that. So I've got things to look forward to. So, um, so I did that. And I also got on with lots of music, tons of music. Straight away, we tried to do some um, tracks with four candles in lockdown, working from four separate locations in Manchester, each doing a part and sending them to Phil to mix. Um, I think they can best de be described in terms of quality as a mixed batch. Um, I, think, uh, I think one of them at least was absolutely crap. Um, but against that, it was worth doing because we did one track that we issued as a single um, called Trouble in Paradise that was absolutely excellent. A lot of people think it's one of the best things that I've ever ever been involved in. It, it was really good. Phil sent me, a, sent me a, a track that he had generated through his machines and his weird man. And, um, and, and again, I've learned from my live experience, and I improvised vocal over it. I'd never, ever dreamed of, of, of doing that with, with a band track. But I suppose um, the lockdown gave me the freedom to improvise this vocal, and, um, and we put it together and issued it as a single, and lots of people really, really like it, and I'm one of those people. So, um, so we got on with that. That was that was dead good. I also, of course, uh, <sighs> work extensively with Bob Osborne on uh, the Parasite, and we recorded plenty of stuff this year. We've just um, finished a track, the Parasite and Moff Skellington, that is. Um, due for release, um, a, a piece called um, Transcendental Holiday Camp, which is about the Beatles going to see the Maharishi in, in India in 1967. Um, and it's great working with, with Moff and Bob. That's really good. So tons of Parasite stuff. Uh, and I'm going to play you a track now by the Parasite. Um, I live in... Uh, Mosley, as has been said. Now, the district of Mosley that I live in is called Rufftown, which gives you an, an indication of, of the uh, the district's history, although it isn't a rough town any, anymore. Anyway, uh, I just like the fact that I live in Rufftown, and so I wrote this song called Rufftown that bears no relation Shit to the truth. It's it's a kind of it's a, a dystopian fantasy of um, of what might happen in Mosley if um, I don't know in some sci-fi alternate uh, parallel universe. Anyway, so this is Rough Town by the Parasite.
see the threat of blood will spell for the honor debt. Soon come while the eggs don't wet like elephants they won't forget. Nor do they bluff in rough terms. Please unrack the size of cats, feral, not an ounce of fat. Houses without welcome mats, mean and pinch-faced child brats. rough town from uh, the album keep the future safe by the parasites uh, that we issued on german shepherd records and um the other person who uh, probably worked most with um was is, is paul rosenfeld who's i bumped into i didn't bump into i bumped into him on the internet uh, only a couple of years ago um and he's, he's become a very, very good friend. He works me very hard, it has to be said. He's a slave driver. Um, he, he sends me uh, uh, something like 13 guitar tracks per day that I have to uh, provide lyrics for. Uh, that's a slight exaggeration, but, um, but a lot. He sends me, sends me a lot of things. We've, we've probably recorded, I've only, as I say, I've only known him a few years, and we've pr probably recorded way over 100 tracks um so we um <laughs> we've done lots of recording not about in in this last year we've perhaps done about four singles we had a really good single um about dominic cummings when uh when the when the when the, when they 
dictated these rules for us that Dominic Cummings just immediately trashed and, and didn't seem to care at all. Was amazed when there was a public outcry. So we did a single called Rules that was that was very good. But if you're interested, he's uh, again it's on German Shepherd and you know you can find it and go and have a listen to it. We did quite a few singles and um, we're in the midst now of releasing um, three albums one album a month that um, that we've recorded there's also another two albums in the can for later in the year and I was just telling Phil while we're offline I've recorded um, what's my favorite track uh, that I've recorded in the last few weeks today which uh, thrilled me with with joy and it's uh, it's a, a, a disco track. I, to, it reminds me a bit of Z Records, of sort of Colty Monday, and uh, and that sort of stuff. And it's um, and it's called uh, How Did Tom Waits Become Tom Waits? It isn't called that. That's a, that's a, um, a phrase from it. It's actually called Tom Waits. Uh, but you'll have to wait and hear that because uh, I've, I've only recorded it today. Uh, but. But anyway, Paul's been been really good to me, and uh, he's, he's he's very good. He gets involved with people. We've had um, coverage in Eighth Day magazine, which is based in Preston, which is a magazine that that, that some of you should uh, take a take a look at because there's not much of a printed press these days, and somehow um, they. Um, they have launched this magazine that covers, I suppose its sales generally cover um, Lancashire. Um, it needs to spread. It needs to become sort of more national. They they get to speak to all sorts of disparate uh, people and interview them. Uh, I know on um, on this month's edition, um, there's an interview with the Damned. Uh, for instance, and an interview with me and Paul as well, <laughs> as Two Lost Souls. Anyway, I'll play you something by Two Lost Souls. This was a single that we released last year. Um, it's it's called Licorice Flavour. I liked it a lot. So I'm not sure who played bass on on this. We have a we have two go-to guys who play bass. There's a, there's Paul, another Paul. And there's Renato and one of those. And um, and this came with a brilliant sleeve. And Paul, number one, Paul Rosenfeld, uh, had me a shirt made of the sleeve uh, that was designed by uh, a, a, an old friend of his, Lee, who lives in uh, in Canada, in Ottawa, I think. I'm not sure. But I, know, I know there's bears right next door to where he lives. Anyway, so this is Licorice Flavour by Two Lost Souls. <laughs> Flavor. 
of this vanilla. I'm repulsed by this vanilla. It's too sweet, it has no flavor. I want to annoy the neighbors. I want a dark stain. I want a dark stain to remain after a rock and roll. A licorice flavored after rock and roll. A licorice flavored. Certainly, initially, a lot, a lot happened during the lockdown. Was virtual gigs, um, and they, in some ways, are problematic to me because I'm not a musician. You know, I can't sort of tinkle the ivories or play a guitar or something and accompany myself. But I got asked to do some virtual gigs, and um, and so I did. Um, I, I did a, a virtual strummer camp performance very pleased to be asked and I, I did a virtual Salford Music Festival performance that Ed Blaney asked me to do and and they were they were okay I, I think I, I I managed to um, transmit some life and eccentricity and stuff but musically obviously they were lacking because there was no music and then I was asked to do a virtual Stonehenge uh, performance, and 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 I got some notice. Um, a, a, a lovely couple, Andy and Marnie, who are friends of um, Andy T's, um, and 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 have become sort of uh, friendly towards me, and and very nicely supportive. Asked me to do this virtual Stonehenge, and. Um, Never played Stonehenge, 
when it was going. I was invited one. Well, when I say I was invited, we were invited as the hamsters um, in 1979 or 1980. And it, unfortunately, it clashed with a gig that we wanted to do in Manchester at the squat. Uh, and, and, and so we declined. It was probably wise. It, it, was, a, it was the weird Stonehenge where um, the Hells Angels had seen their arses at the influx of punk rockers and um, beat up anybody who looked vaguely punkish and drove their big uh, electronic bicycles over people's tents and raped women and things like that. Uh, highly unpleasant stuff. So anyway, I'd never played Stonehenge. So it was nice to be asked to do this virtual Stonehenge. And what I decided to do, well, I didn't, it was quite spontaneous. I, I what I decided to do, but didn't do, or half did, was uh, I borrowed a guitar off John, an acoustic guitar. Um, that was just going to clatter and just make a noise, even though I can't technically play a note or a chord. You can make a noise on a guitar, can't you? Any, anybody can do that. And that is playing with a guitar rather than playing a guitar. I suppose. So I borrowed this guitar off John. And then I thought, bollocks to that. You know, I'm not, um, I don't know, I'm not Ralph Mattel, am I? You know, so um, I, I thought, I'm going to find a piece of music and use the music and um, do my thing over the music. And I found something that was absolutely wonderfully suitable. And it was, um, Tony Conrad and Faust. <laughs> and and so I frightened people by pretending to play the guitar. And then um, Tony Conrad and Faust clicked into gear and started playing me. Going, <clears throat> and and uh, I was able to then, um, because it was all visual, you know, and, and everything. And I was able to, um, to frighten people by gurning at them and shouting about uh, politics and the state of the world and things. It was really well received. And, um, and and somebody made a film of this virtual Stonehenge. Well, it's not just about the virtual Stonehenge, because it's historical. There's loads of stuff about um, the Battle of the Beanfield and things like that. So, um, so somewhere on YouTube, because my life is on YouTube, is a film called Stoned. Virtual Stonehenge 2020, and it's it's not just for me because I'm only a small part of it. It is well worth watching. It's really um, really interesting. You know, there's bits of Hawkwind and um, Doctor and the Medics and Chumbawamba and stuff in there, um, and it's good. It's well worth watching. So watch it on YouTube. Stoned, a virtual Stonehenge, YouTube. Right. Uh, also, what, what, what came about was um, a guy in New York, Ben Mansell, uh, who has a uh, boutique cassette label uh, called Fuzzy Warbles, and he, he makes music himself and releases music, uh, approached me... Um, I don't know how long ago, quite a while ago, about releasing uh, Hamsters uh, back catalogue in America. 
and and so I acceded to to that, and he was he was delighted to do it, and he sent me some cassettes and did a great job, and and he stayed in touch. Anyway, uh, Ben picked up on a piece that I'd written uh, that had no music called Fall LP. We're having a chat, and I think he said, oh, you know, about something. I said, oh, I've just written this. Have a look, and, and I showed him this lyric, and he said, if you've got nobody, you know, who's claimed it, could I do some music for it? Um, and, and so he did, and I really, really liked it. And so we ended up doing uh, an EP uh, called ourselves Cosmic Panthers, and, and Ben and I uh, did this, uh, this long-distance uh, music-making, me in Manchester, and him in uh, in New York, and um, and we're recording an EP that that Ben stuck out, um, and again it's 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 great. It's it's really 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 good. I was dead pleased. It it sort of pinged from Mosley to New York, and then from New York it pinged over to Los Angeles to be mixed, and then pinged back to New York uh, for Ben to listen to. Then pinged it for me to listen to. It's wonderful, isn't it? This exciting world that we live in. Uh, from from there, we've started doing some more recording, and included in this bout of recording, um, John Langford of Mekons and Three Johns fame um, volunteered himself as guitar player. So we've done some recording, and we've got about four tracks uh, finished. Though I'm not sure if they're um, mixed. Uh, and but we're waiting for John. He's a very busy boy. He does a lot of painting as well as making music and stuff. Uh, so if you're listening to this, John, get your finger out, get your guitar out, and make some guitar noise on the Cosmic Panthers track, and we can get it released fairly soon. So uh, let's listen to some Cosmic Panthers. So this is Fall LP by Cosmic Panthers, available duly on Fuzzy Warbles from New York and German Shepherd from England. Okay, thank you. Hey! 
Auntie style, down we dress, a scowl says, I'm unimpressed. Uh, we are the same as all the rest who have a fall LP. And we cannot deny what is a fact, we are guilty of looking back. We're the kind of cretins that they would attack. We are no more than fall copycats. We have a fall LP, oh yeah, we have a fall LP. We have a fall LP, oh yeah, we have a fall LP. And our ideas, well, we are bereft. When does influence turn into theft? We have a fall LP and we are Listen to it every week. We have a fall LP. We know every note of it. And our singer mumbles and holds a can, pretends that he is a better man. But I can't pretend that I'm a fan of this unoriginal useless band who have a fall LP. Yippee, they have a fall LP. They have a fall LP. Yippee, they have a fall LP. Oh, this new record is uh, its going in a bit of a fall direction, you know, it's uh, Bit alternative, a bit out there, guys. A man described them as look back balls. That observation is ignored. I've got a fall LP. Yippee, I've got a fall LP. A man who would sneer at copyists, headiness, and careerists. Well, I've got a fall LP, P. I've got a fall LP. A man who walked it eternal in his own inimitable way is turning in his grave. Some say, I've got a fall LP, yippee, I've got a fall LP. Yeah, I got a fall LP. Fall LP. Uh, the other things that I've been doing, far from unique, I know, is I've been watching lots of um, lots of film. I have a friend's um, Netflix account that I can get on. So I watch lots of lots of of that just to fill my head, um, which probably isn't probably isn't usually rewarding and true, but it does fill in a gap. Uh, but the other thing I've been doing is I've been reading extensively. Um, I'm very very lucky in that I've got uh, a lot of books around me um, because over the last few years, you know, when I've been in um, charity shop or supermarket started doing these um, books, didn't they, you know, cheap and things like that, you know, where people would take a book in and the money would go to charity. You pick a book, book up and throw some money in a bucket 
and it goes off to people. Uh, so I've got a collection of books that I need to read. And then on top of that, uh, my friend Mike Kerrins is really, really generous to me. And, um, and, and in the brief uh, period when we could see other people, Mike had um, a stockpile of books that he passed on to me. Uh, he, he reads voraciously and um, he, he's, he's got some similar taste to me. So he passed me on uh, some, some music uh, biographies, um, Nick Drake, uh, Vic Chestnut, Alec Chilton, uh, Mark Everett, E from the Eels, who I'm reading at the moment. Uh, that's that's great. So so I've been reading all that stuff. But he also passed passed me on some uh, things by uh, JG Ballard um, that are, that are great. He passed me on um, JG Ballard's uh, first novel, uh, what was it, The Drowned World, uh, that that I'd never read, and and that was great. And then he he also passed me on uh, Ballard's um, biography autobiography as well that was fantastic uh, so I've been doing lots of reading and all that sort of feeds into my head I also and, and this is sort of a bittersweet uh, my friend Derek who right from the start we mentioned he was he would he just had a stroke at the start of this and I told you he uh, he died later in the year um, but just before his stroke he'd given me um, a, a present of a biography about uh, Tricky, written by Andrew Perry, who is who happens to be a friend of mine. I love Tricky, so so I've read that, and then uh, again in that brief period when we could see people, I got to see Derek shortly before he died, and and, and go and say goodbye, and and and, and uh, even then he's he's very generous person he, uh, he, he fished out a book um, for me and, and gave me um, and gave me this this autobiography about massive attack um, and so I've, so I've read read those as well and thought about Derek as uh, as I've, I've, I've read them um, so so yeah lots of reading and of course the obvious thing that I've been doing, and I'm talking to you now on one of them, is making podcasts. <laughs> uh, I've been making podcasts with Phil. And um, when when he approached me with this concept, I didn't know if it would work. I didn't know if I'd enjoy it. I didn't know, you know, um, what there was to say. But it, but it has been fun. And, it, and, what's, and, and it's been beyond fun. It's been really good because... Um, there are lots of people who need the touchstone of hearing a familiar voice, and um, and and I know I'm not sort of digging digging us up. I know we've we've touched people and we've helped people uh, cope through 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 this period, and that's a massive reward to know that uh, to know that that we've touched people's lives. Um, just by just by waffling and trying to be friendly, um, that's really nice. So uh, anyway, um, the the obviously 
when when we started these podcasts, we started in Phil's hole in his cellar in Stockport, and then for a long period we reverted to doing them on WhatsApp because we were in lockdown. There was then a brief period when I returned to Phil's hole, and now we're back on WhatsApp. But in the period that we're, we're in Phil's hole, we also uh, Phil and I recorded some music that will see the light of day at some point but hasn't done as yet and i rather like it and i think you might rather like it too so i'm going to play you a world exclusive of uh, something that me and phil have done so i think this is coming out as me and phil uh, unless phil's got a better idea than that and uh and it's a track called factory fodder Factory fodder, factory fodder, 
we churn Factory fodder, your dreams unlearn Because your role in society is as fuel for the factory You're just fuel for the factory Right, it's time to say um, my goodbyes and round up um, today's uh, episode, which, as I said, is the last of of this um, adventure. Our our it's the last chapter of this particular book. But as one book closes, we pick up another. Now we do have plans to continue flowing backwards um, with guests where. I will speak to people and ask them to select some music and we'll talk about uh, their likes and their loves and their opinions. Uh, but that is uh, not happening anytime soon, is it? You know, let's be realistic. Um, it's, it's, it's too difficult. Um, we can't do it. It's too dangerous. So we do want to continue and we're going to do. So I think... The next few episodes of Flow Backwards are going to be, in, in a way, they're manufactured. Uh, but over my musical life, which is what we've been talking about here, I have um, performed maybe 30 cover versions of songs by other people, which is what a cover version is, as you know. Um, so I think we're going to play some of those songs and I'm going to talk to you about the originals and what I like about them. And I'm going to talk to you about um, the situations that I was in when when I came to sang them as well. So I think we're going to do a couple of episodes uh, about cover versions for the next two episodes that we do. So we will be speaking to you soon. So it's goodbye from me. Oh, I, I can't say. It, I sound so Ronnie Corbett, don't I, there? Um, anyway. Um, it's, it's good, good, goodbye from Mosley. Goodbye from the man from Mosley. Goodbye to the man in Stockport. And I'm sure goodbye from the man in Stockport. Do give my love to Helen with the flaming mm -hmm. hair. Tell her I'm missing her smile and the tea. Um, it's goodbye from us to you who listen and who feed back with us and let us know what you think. Um, and I hope you're keeping safe. And I hope um, with with some sort of end to all this in sight, um, that, that you have some optimism in your hearts. Um, so take care until we can see you. Uh, got to leave you with a couple of tracks um, that you can either listen to or not listen to, but I'd like you to listen to them because they're great and they mean a lot to me. Uh, so we're going to play uh, Grass by Ivor Cutler, and then we're going to play a version of Marvin Gaye's What's Going On by Big Youth. Okay, good night from me. Bye-bye. We love you.
sit upon the grass and I shall come and sit beside you. Go and sit upon the grass and I shall come and sit beside you. Then we shall talk. While we talk I'll hit your head with a nail to make you understand me. While we talk I'll hit your head with a nail to make you understand me. Go and sit upon the grass and I shall come and sit beside you. Go and sit upon the grass and I shall come and sit beside you. Do not mind if I thump you when I am talking to you. I have something important to say. Do not mind if I thump you when I am talking to you. I have something important to say. Go and sit upon the grass and I shall come and sit beside you. Go and sit upon the grass and I shall come and sit beside you. When I'm gone you can feel the lumps upon your head and think about what I said and think about what I said. Go and sit upon the grass and feel your lumps. What's going on? What's going on?
big use brilliant what an what an end <laughs> it's just a good track um right thanks a lot ian great episode i'm gonna miss doing these uh ian's life episodes but i'm looking forward to the next stages um thank you all for listening thank you for getting involved thanks for your input glad you've enjoyed it and there is more to come so keep looking on flow backwards on facebook leave us some messages on there do what you want on there as long as it's uh, it's okay with facebook uh, we know how fussy Facebook are. You, you only have to say one swear word and they're, they're trying to throw you off. <laughs> anyway, one last thing to say to you all. Stay safe. Bye for now. <laughs>